everyone, welcome to the Family Podcast, where we discuss life, scripture, and God's plan in our families. I'm Josh, this is Chris, back in the studio, and today we are talking about the church. We're talking about God's people. Chris, where does the idea of the church being called God's people even start? Yeah, well, I mean, Genesis 12 is, uh, it comes right after Genesis 11. I mean, that's, that's really, really I mean, that's, hard. That's a good way for it to go, yeah. Yeah, but we, we saw in Genesis chapter 11 uh, last week that God, because people were trying to make a name for themselves, they were all unified in one language and all wanted to make a name for themselves because that's what sin is all about, Absolutely. as we talked about last week. And then God, uh, in his judgment, uh, and uh, his loving discipline. He uh, confused their language, divided them up. That's where we see nations. That's where we see different, uh, you know, uh, ethnicity, all those things that eventually come from that. So, uh, but where we see the people of God is in Genesis 12 is when God specifically calls one man, Abram, who would later become Abraham because God said so, um, that he tells him, hey, I'm going to bless you and you are going to be a blessing. That's the reason why I'm blessing you. I'm blessing you so that you will be a blessing and that all families on earth will be blessed. And so he's saying, I'm calling you to be a father of a great nation, and he, you're going to be my people, and you're going to show the other people how to live according to what I've called you to do, and you're going to be a blessing, and the people yeah. are going to see that. And I think one of the one of the coolest things about that story, the calling of Abram and God creating his covenant with him, is, you know, and you look at um, Old Testament covenants, and usually between two people, um, there was this scene in, uh, there was a scene in the scripture here where uh, God commands Abram, hey, I want you to go and sacrifice, I want you to split these animals in half, and, you know, just like our normal custom, we'd walk through it and say, you know, if I break the covenant, this is what's going to happen to me. But God put sleep on on Abram, and God was the only one who walked through that path. Mm-hmm. And saying, God, who we know doesn't break his word, mm-hmm. says, Abram, this doesn't rely on you. This relies fully on me. Yeah. And I think that's that's the coolest thing that we sit back on, especially here with the idea of God's people. I don't make myself God's people. Mm-hmm. It fully goes back to who God is. Exactly. He didn't see Abram. We know this from, I think it's Joshua 24, uh, where Abram's family was worshiping other gods. It wasn't like, hey, I found a guy who's doing it right. This is somebody that I can use. Yeah. No, he says, I'm I'm going to save this person by grace through faith. We see in Hebrews chapter 11 mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, Abram is an example of someone who by grace, um, you know, or, or by faith obeyed and, and did what God asked him to do yeah. uh, because of who God is, not because of who Abram is. And just right. like us, he was imperfect. And that's part of what it means to be God's people. We are imperfect. Yeah. It's all about God. And And I think it's, you know, I'm, I'm kind of an Old Testament nerd. It kind of makes me happy to study it and all that. And how important these Old Testament covenants are as they point us toward Jesus. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the idea that God is calling Abram out like he calls out anyone according to Scripture, that if, if we are saved through faith, which is not of ourselves, mm-hmm. it's a gift from God, mm-hmm. that we look at even this passage with with Abram and uh, soon to be Abraham after this. Uh, sorry, I will probably say Abraham instead of Abram, even though it's a yeah. few chapters later. Um, 
But the idea that we we sit back and we understand that I play such a little part in God's covenantial work, mm-hmm. that it is fully relying on God. And we look through, uh, especially the uh, the Abrahamic covenant is literally the formation of the Jewish people, mm-hmm. where the promise is passed down from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob to his sons, ultimately through Judah, straight to Jesus in the mm-hmm. fulfillment of that covenant. Mm-hmm. Um, but we see that in the Davidic covenant. We see that um, just throughout Scripture where God says, I make this promise, and I'm the one who's accountable to it. Yeah. And, and I think that's that's something huge that I think we we miss so often because we like treating scripture like do this, don't do this, do this, mm-hmm. don't do this. But what God is saying, especially to Abram here is this is on me. Mm-hmm. This isn't on you. This is on me. Mm-hmm. And I will be the one who brings fulfillment. Yeah. And, and he, like us, he invites Abram to play a part in this yes. story. Now, when, when we think about this, I mean, all of us look, I mean, we, even as Gentiles, you know, sing the song, you know, yep. Father Abraham had yep. many sons and many sons had Father Abraham because we've been grafted in, as Absolutely. the New Testament tells us, um, you know, that we are, uh, as the church, um, even though we're not of Jewish heritage, um, that we are saved by grace through faith, just like Abram was, that we uh, are, we are the people of God yeah. and that, uh, that, that we have, I mean, if you think about Abraham's life, we look at his life and say, man, what an incredible life that he lived and look at this. Well, we have the advantage of one, seeing it in scripture, but then seeing it as part of the bigger story. Yeah. Because when we think like, if you think about Abraham, just as a normal guy, he's just a normal guy. He and his wife had, um, fertility issues. Yep. Uh, you know, they have, were not able to have children. They're old by this time. And they say, hey, you're going to be the father of a great... I mean, then we'll, we'll look in future weeks, I think. I yes. haven't looked ahead where we're going in yes, the curriculum. But, but the, it takes a long time mm-hmm. before their first child is born. And they have all kinds of doubts. And in fact... They make a lot of mis- or make some mistakes as they go, and big mistakes. A mistake um, that has lasted generations that, now. That we're still paying for. Yes. But but if you were to ask Abram in the middle of his life, just to say, hey, you know, how is God using you? I think there's a big part of it that says, you know what, I, I'm I'm not sure exactly. Yeah. I know what he's told me. I know what he says, I know what he's done, but there's still part of me that I'm kind of confused about what God's doing. And we see that in everybody in scripture and we see it in ourselves, but I don't want us to lose, I think it's important that we don't lose sight of that, that Abram was like us. Well, and, and I think that's the mistake that I think we make so often is we take these these biblical people and we put them up on these pedestals because mm-hmm. hey they're in the bible mm-hmm. and yet all of them have these huge character flaws mm-hmm. i mean ultimately abraham didn't trust god when he listened to his wife to say hey take my servant mm-hmm. make her your wife that way we can start a family through her yeah um and ultimately, it's it's that mistrust there you see through David, who, you know, King David, we like to tell stories about him. We we forget the fall that he had. We look at Solomon, the wise king, who takes on how many wives, yeah. uh, even though God literally, the book before him says, hey, don't do this. Mm. And yet we hold up Solomon so high. 
Yeah. We look at even the prophets, mm-hmm. even the prophets throughout the Old Testament. Um, you look at Elijah on Mount Carmel and how great that he he was standing up for God. The very next chapter, he's running and hiding in a cave because somebody has threatened him and, oh, God, what am I going to do? Yeah. And I think that's why it's so important that all of this relies on God. Yeah. It doesn't rely on frail us. Yeah. Yeah. And we can drive into the other ditch too. We can, we can say, you know, well, we put these people on these pedestals and look at how great they were. Look at all the things that God was doing with them. And we make them so different from us. The other thing that we can do in the other ditch we can drive into is say, okay, well, these people were imperfect. I mean, how many times have we looked at scripture, Old Testament or New Testament and said, how are these people so dumb? Yeah. Why did they make these mistakes they yep. made? I mean, God spoke to them. Yep. Well, as we've learned in Hebrews, that God spoke to our fathers long ago in many ways, mm-hmm. and he spoke to them by the prophets, but God has spoken to us by his son. Yeah. We have the advantage of we're on this side of Jesus' mm-hmm. earthly ministry, and we can look at Jesus, even Jesus' disciples as they walk with them. You know, it's a tendency with us to say, you know, wow, you know, Peter, look at you know, look at the life that he lived or look at the mistakes he made exactly. or Paul. Wow. Look at the life he lived, but also the mistakes he made, yeah. you know, things that, that, and we look at them as, oh, they're so different from us. No, they're a lot like us. And it's, it's where it's different for us is, is we don't see the rest of our story. Exactly. We see the rest of their story. Yes. And, and go, going back to Abraham and looking at, you know, he, he is still, no matter what, he's the beginning of God's covenantal relationship with God's people. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything that comes back, the church finds its roots in this promise mm-hmm. that, you know, you will be a great nation. Mm-hmm. And through that nation, the world will be blessed. We, as believers, understand that that blessing to the world is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And going through that and understanding that the covenant of Abraham that went through Isaac, went through Jacob, went through Judah, leaves us, leads us to Jesus. And ultimately, that's the fulfillment of this promise. And I think that's why it's so important for us to really get a grasp of this Old Testament concept of God's people. Yeah. Well, you know, there's that passage that says, if my people who are called by my name will humble mm-hmm. themselves, you know, yeah. that whole thing. When that was written, who were God's people? Oh, the Jewish people. So only the Jewish people. That like who are the, so that means that, that that that's directly speaking to Jewish people at a specific time and a specific place. So who are God's people now? Well, I think we see through Jesus that you know Jesus says you know if God wanted to, He could bring the children of Abraham from rocks. Yeah. Yet we are grafted into the family of God through Christ. Yeah. That. Those of us who are called sons and daughters of God find us find our familial tie mm-hmm. not in our human lineage, but through the blood of Christ. Yeah. yeah. And so what I hear you saying, or better yet, what I hear the word of God saying is, is that when the people of God are the people that God said to Abram, I'm going to make you the father of a great nation. Yeah. So originally 
That was Israel. Yes. And as we see in the Old Testament, and one of the main reasons why we're preaching through Hebrews on Sunday mornings is to show how much of Old Testament prophecy, much of Old Testament law, much of, you know, all that Old Old Testament sacrificial system, all of that stuff, all of it points to Jesus, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't stop there. Absolutely. That it continues through the church of Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ, that we are that great nation, the Absolutely. church, we are, you know, the, the true Israel, yeah. the, 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 uh, you know, uh, the, the churches and, you know, by God's design. And, and we see, um, we sometimes can forget and we sometimes can, uh, can lay that on other things, um, where it is, it is the people of God that, that, that he's speaking to in the old Testament. And he speaks to us, the church, the people of God, through the Old Testament and the New Testament. And I heard a preacher once say that a lot of the Old Testament uh, promises that you see, yes, are directed exactly to a certain people at a certain time. But there are a few of those prophecies that are now and yet to come. Yes. And yes. the understanding that we we have to read Scripture in context. We have to read Scripture with the understanding that this was directed toward a specific people. Yeah. But then there are times where, you know, I, I had a professor once say, if, if you're on the ground and you're looking up at a mountaintop, you see the mountaintop right in front of you, mm-hmm. but you might not see the mountaintop that's even taller right behind that one. Mm-hmm. So from, from our perspective, we look up and we say, okay, that promise is exactly what God has said. Raise me up about a hundred feet and I see the promise behind it. Yeah. Yeah. And I see where God is going with this. And, you know, we we talked uh, two weeks ago when I was preaching, uh, talking about the understanding how um, how the promise that that was made for a Messiah, people were waiting. They were saying, okay, what, what's going on? So David is going to be king forever, mm-hmm. and then David passed. Mm-hmm. Yet God's promise still holds true until we get into, you know, Micah who brings up, oh, no, th- this is a king yet to come. Yeah. And we see Jesus saying, yes, the understanding that this promise to David is fulfilled through Christ. Yeah. I think we try to rush God sometimes. No doubt about it. And, and we sit back and say, well, God, you promised this to me. So where is it? You look from David to Jesus. How many generations passed? Yeah. I mean, read through the first chapter of Matthew and you want to see how many generations passed? Between David and Jesus, yet God's promise was still fulfilled. Yeah. And I want to point this out. Talking about the patience and what God called Abram to do, what he calls us as the people of God to do, yes, requires patience. But the very first word that God, that the Lord says to Abram, this is Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. It says, now the Lord said to Abram, go, go from your country and your kindred, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And he said, and I will make you. So we see him give a command, and then we see him make a promise. Yes. He said, I will make you. He said, I'm, I'm telling you to go. He doesn't even tell them where he's going to yeah. go. He's just, just pick up your stuff and go and leave. And we see if we go back to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11, mm-hmm. verse 8 says, By faith, Abraham obeyed. Yes. Right? By faith, he did what? Obeyed. obeyed. By faith. He didn't just say, Abram believed. He says, no, by faith, Abraham 
obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. And it says in verse 10, For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. So he was still looking forward to something. And we see at the in the very last two verses of Hebrews chapter 11, it says, And all these, like he's talking about all these Old Testament people that are listed in um, you know, the, the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. It says, And all these, though commended through their faith, right? Mm-hmm did not receive what was promised. What was promised? Jesus, yeah. the Messiah. Then verse 40 says, Since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us they should not be made perfect. So it says, hey, all of that was pointing to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus died for us, was resurrected. He saves us. He justifies us. He sanctifies us. He calls us to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And he says, and I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. He calls every person of God, all the people of God to go. And it requires us to leave something. It requires us to leave our comfort, to leave our tradition, to leave our selfishness, you know, all of these things to leave Leave that and that we, yes, that we trust that Jesus is the way this promise in the old Testament has been fulfilled in Jesus. But then Jesus calls us to deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow him. And we like Abraham are going to make mistakes, but ultimately we by faith obey. And I think even reading through Hebrews uh, chapter 11, especially there, none of those people saw Jesus, Mm -mm. but they trusted God. And God says, through faith, Mm -hmm. these are my people through faith, which I think shows us just the the magnitude of the cross Mm -hmm. is that Jesus died for sins past, present, and future. Mm -hmm. So the sins of Abraham were covered by Jesus on the cross. Mm -hmm. The sins of David covered by Jesus. Yeah. The sins of all of the people in chapter 11 there in Hebrews, even though they weren't alive to say, yes, I trust in Jesus as my Lord and Savior, they sat back and said, I trust that God will provide a way. Yeah, yeah. I trust that this does not come through me. Yeah. This has to come through God because through me, I will screw it up. Yeah, yeah. And that's a... Um, what do they call it? A life hack, Mm -hmm. you know, for parents that are listening to this or for teachers that are listening to this, you may get the question and you may ask the question yourself, like, what about all the people who lived and died before Jesus? How were they saved? Well, they were saved just like you and I are saved by grace through faith. It is a gift from God. We see that in Abram's life, that this was a gift from God that he said, here's what I want you to do. And by faith, he obeyed and uh, the apostle Paul writes that it was that that faith was counted to him as righteousness. What does that mean? That means that he, uh, Abram, was able to stand before God, not based on his own righteousness and that he got it all right, 
but that he was able to stand on the righteousness of Christ, as yeah. you say, looking forward to the Messiah and and trusting him and obeying him uh, be, and because he had yeah. faith. Well, and I mean, as we get further along in Hebrews, Hebrews talks about, you know, the blood of bulls and goats does not save, mm-hmm. but it points mm-hmm. to the cross. Mm-hmm. The entirety of the Jewish sacrificial system up until the moment of the cross was meant to point to that perfect sacrifice yeah. that God would that God would make on our behalf. Yeah. So to sit back and understand that, you know, all in the Old Testament, we look back and, you know, sooner or later, we're going to have to go through Leviticus. Yeah. It's it's just going to happen. That's we can't skip it. Yeah. But it's good the, stuff in there. Oh, oh, absolutely. You, you get to 15 and 16 talking about the, the Day of Atonement and all that wonderful stuff that God saves. The entire point is to realize that we look to God for our salvation, that my sins have to be paid for. Mm-hmm. And we get into, we get into you know, a deeper theological look at it and understanding that Christ is that sacrifice for us. Christ mm-hmm. takes our place because we owe a debt that we could sacrifice bulls. We could sacrifice everything on this earth and mm-hmm. still not pay what we owe to God. Yeah. Well, I, I think what you just said a minute ago about pointing people to the cross and what we've been talking about, Old Testament, what that means, New Testament, what that means. I mean, we said at the beginning, how do we define the people of yeah. God? I think maybe that's the easiest definition is the people of God point, point people to the cross. Absolutely. That whether it's Old Testament pointing to this this promise that has not yet been fulfilled um, and for us who live on this side of the cross and what the Bible calls the last days, we're pointing back to the cross to say this is what Jesus has done for us, not yes. what he will one day do for us, but what he has he has done for us, but how do we're not just pointing people to the cross with our words. Yes. We're pointing to the cross with our actions, with yeah. our deeds, with our behaviors, because how, how do we do that? Well, by denying ourselves, by taking up our cross and following him, meaning that just as Jesus sacrificed for us, for our good, we sacrifice for others, for their good. Just because, no, but to point them to the cross. Yeah. It's not just um, right belief, it's right behavior. Because again, by faith, we saw that Abram obeyed or Abraham obeyed. By faith, we obey. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've ever asked your child, you know, do you trust me? You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, like if you try to get them to jump to you in the pool yep. or, or something yep. like that and just say, you know, hey, jump to me. And they're, uh, yeah, I don't want to. Well, do you trust me? Well, yeah, I trust you. You trust me to catch you? Yeah. Well, then jump. I don't want to jump. Well, yeah. do they really trust you? Yeah. You know, they either trust that you're not going to catch them, you know, physically or you're not going <laughs> to catch them because you're mean. Um, but that's what God invites us to. He says, do you trust me? He said, do you believe me? Do you have faith in me? Then Here is what I've asked you to do. Now, do you trust me? I think that's that's a great way to stop for this week. I mean, obviously, we sit back as the people of God. We point to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And if we're pointing to Jesus, we live our lives as if we trust God. Guys, we'd like to thank you for joining us this week. Make sure to uh, like, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Hit the subscribe button here on YouTube, and uh, we'll see you next week. 